This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Nah, I don't eat eggs. You don't eat eggs? No. Ever? No. Scrambled? No. A hard-boiled egg? No. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Patrick Mahomes, the magic show, is here in Oakland, pulling the rabbit out of the hat and handing the rabbit to Travis Kelsey. According to Jim, is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked out Fish of the Age! And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas! Everything happening in the sports world. Touchdown! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So you're more of a traditional hark, Christmas hark music. Hark the Herald player. Angels sing. I like that. Hark the Herald Angels oh, yeah. sing. Yeah, I like that. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, well, not today. Still no midkansasonline.com no streaming. streaming. No streaming today. What's wrong with our streaming? Well, the computer's not there. Oh, it's getting so fixed. It, it makes it, it makes it interesting. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, Steve Sell. Steve looking bright, looking red today. Feeling good? Oh, feeling good. Yeah. You're always feeling good. Try to. Well, not always, but always at least attempting to feel good. I, I try to. We've hit that final week of December for us where... There's just a little bit more of high school sports going on. And even next week with some of the games that will be happening at the collegiate level across pro sports, it's not really a busy time for us. But we're closing in on really the end of the first semester. You and I kind of still live by the school schedule. Right. Even though I haven't been in school for a while, you haven't been in school <laughs> in a long time. Don't even remember it. We still go based off of the schedule of when people are in school because in the summer it's a little easier for us during the fall during football season it's a little bit busier then you get to the semester break and there's not as many games going on so steve and i get to live like the kids do yeah and in fact we will not be here next week so that's true uh we're you're going out of town i'm going out of town and we get a little bit of a break and we don't get very many breaks so it's, it's kind of a welcomed respite I guess you would say. Oh, yeah. Welcome to respite. That's what I'm going to start phrasing it as instead of vacation or anything else. I'm I'm looking forward to my welcome to respite. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Well, I want to talk a little bit about bullpup basketball later on today, Steve. Have, have you posted the video onto our website at midkansasonline.com? Yes. It's a, already getting a lot of comments. A great, great video from the eighth grade boys basketball game and their A team. They hit a buzzer beater, Sammy Becker. Oh, yeah. Not only... Home run pass from, I think it was Hunter Alvord that threw the pass. And he caught it on the baseline, down one, and he was on the right side of the lane and threw it up with his left hand. So an offhanded shot do you think, got it to go. Do you think Salinas South's coach just lost, lost his mind? Probably. Yeah. You just don't give up a shot like that. You Especially just, at the eighth grade level. Yeah, at that level. To throw a baseball pass up the floor and score with three well, You're going to have a guy left. throw a baseball pass, Hunter Alvord. Yeah, it's not a bad pick. Yeah, considering his dad used to throw 92 miles an hour at Canton Galva and then the Detroit Tigers organization. So if you haven't seen this video yet, you can find it on our Facebook page, or Steve also has the link at midkansasonline.com. Yeah, and if you just click, if you, just click uh, if you go to midkansasonline.com, 
I've, I've, I've posted the link and just click on that link and it goes right to it. So Perfect. it's real easy to watch. Steve, I had some interesting thoughts today okay. because we don't have as many just current events to talk about and not as many things that are going on actively for us. But I had a couple of things I was thinking about while sitting in the office, some rule changes. And one of them sparked from seeing a video from the NFL Network, I believe is who it was, with Gene Steratore, you familiar with him, oh, yeah. the former ref? Yeah. They asked him about the rule in the NFL and in football in general of fumbling into the end zone and giving the other team a touchback. And in case you weren't watching last night in the Saints-Panthers game on Monday Night Football, I that watching. happened for the Saints at the very end of the game. With like three and a half minutes left, they were... Or maybe it might have been about two minutes left. They had a asleep. chance to win the game with a touchdown, and the guy was running for the pylon. Ball popped out, went over the pylon and out the end zone. And so Carolina got the ball back. There, I, I know a few people that are really against that rule. That they just think it's not a fair punishment for fumbling at the one-yard line. Or if you fumble at the five and it gets poked out and rolls out the back of the end zone. There are people that think, the ball should go back to wherever it was. So if you're running in and you lose it at the three and it goes out through the end zone and out for a touchback, that you get the ball back at the three. And this is obviously saying that the ball goes out of the end zone right. and not being fumbled. Yeah, but the defense caused recovered. The, but the defense causes the fumble. And, and well, in this case, it wasn't. Okay. Really. Yeah. And in some cases, it's just them stretching for it. And Gene Steratore, I thought, gave a really good answer. And it's on the side that I've always kind of been on with this is he was talking about the end zone is hollowed ground. When you get into the end zone, you get points, whether it's for a touchdown or a two-point conversion or if you kick a field goal. Whenever you get the ball into the other team's end zone, it's points. It's the holy land, as Mitch Holtis would say on the Chiefs Fox Football Radio Network, the sweet nectar of the end zone. Oh yeah, And that's kind of the way I think of it. So when you don't get it in there, and when you get a little reckless right around the sweet nectar of the end zone and the ball pops out and you lose it while trying to get in there, the other team should get it back. And that's kind of the way I, I see it. Do you have a problem with that rule? I don't know. I, I still, you know, the, the if the defense, say the defense punches the ball out and it goes through the end zone, I think you have to reward the defense. Now let's throw this scenario Let's say I'm running down the sideline. There's one guy chasing me, but I'm going to be able to jump in, and I dive for the pylon. And while I'm diving for the pylon, I just lose grip of the ball. Nobody touches me, but I'm diving. Ball gets knocked out, rolls out the back of the end zone. So you're saying because the defense didn't force it, that I should still have the ball like at the one? Or do you think there should be another penalty, like back the ball back up to the 20? Do you, do you call, think it like a a, ten, call it like a 10-yard penalty? for Something like that? Yeah. Is there I don't know, something some, you think some, with that? It's something the competition committee definitely will probably look at in the offseason because we've seen a lot of fumbles in the end zone this year. It seems like more than normal. I personally think if you're bringing the ball to the pylon or wherever you're going, and if you stretch it out there, you're risking it because you know if you do fumble it and it goes into the end zone that it's a touchback and you're giving the ball back to the other team where – if that was not the rule, people could be a little more risk or careless and be able to try and get into the corner and try and stretch that football out and hit the pylon. I don't know. I think the rule is fine. I know a few people, though, that every time it happens, they get really upset about it. 
and they'll text me and go, Jim, what's the deal with this rule? Mm-hmm. Steve, do you get that a little bit in your life too, that, that people want to ask you about things? Oh, if you if see my column today, I've had so many questions asked of me, I had to farm them out to the answer man. Ooh. And, you know, he and I kind of think alike. He's, I think he's actually he's related to Fearless somehow. I'm not surprised. You know, Answer Man and Fearless, I know they do a lot of hanging around. So uh, I get asked a lot of stuff. I'll, you know, it's you know, I go to Dylan's. What about that girls' basketball team this year? You know, it's never how are you? You doing okay? It's how's that? You know, what'd you think of that football game last Friday or something like that? Now, do you think that is a product of people knowing what your job is? and assuming that you know all of these things, and people just really wanting to know? Or do you think this is them going, oh, That's Steve so, Steve's just a sports guy. Let me come up with something to ask him, yeah. to, to entertain him, I, make him I feel think, good. I think it's more of that. I really do. I go, all that guy knows about his sports. Better yeah. not go ask him about the gas prices. Because <laughs> sometimes, uh, I, I, I think to myself about that sometimes, yeah. because you and I are in the same boat that people just come ask us things every yeah. now and then. And I, I always wonder if they really start this conversation because they want to know and they want my opinion, or if they go, it's just, God, that Jim, all he talks just, about is Arkansas or it's just, football. Or they just, they just want to make conversation. They feel like that's all we ever... We, we are more than just sports people, though. I don't know about me. It's well, about all I am. Well, you know how big I am following politics. Oh, Steve I sits follow- back there all day. And he's raging and following at foxnews.com. <laughs> he loves it. I wanted to throw another rule question at you and this one still stays with football and I've got another one that I was thinking about with basketball today so this isn't as much should they change this rule but I've talked about it before on the show and it did impact the Chiefs in their game against the Chargers and this is a rule that my dad and I we just sit around and we can't believe that anybody in the NFL or college football would ever bring the ball out of the end zone on a kickoff Because if you think back to the Chargers game for the Chiefs, this was a little different situation. But Los Angeles, down seven, the Chiefs kind of thought they were going to onside kick, and they hit one low and and on the ground. So the rule that we've talked about with fair catching it inside the 25 and just dropping to a knee brings it out for a touchback. But in this situation, the ball could have rolled into the end zone, and let's throw in any other kickoff return that goes into the end zone. Why would you ever bring the ball out? And why would you not try and let that ball roll into the exactly. end zone and take it for a touchback? Right. Because how many times, number one, do they not get out to the 25? Quite a bit. Or, number two, is there a my, penalty? Okay, you're, you're, now you're going into my pet peeve category. A block in the back. I hate, in the NFL, I would like to, I'm sure somebody's got the stat. How many times, either on a kickoff return or a punt return, is there a block in the back? The and punt to- returns are worse. And Tony Romo, remember I was not a Tony Romo guy at the start. I really like Tony Romo now. And he's the guy that says the NFL committee's got to do something about all the – either, you know, do they just have idiots on punt and kickoff returns that don't know any better? <laughs> it's like every guy doesn't have a football IQ that's on kickoff and punt return because there's a penalty almost every time. And I'm almost to the point, let's just start at the 25, you know, on kickoffs. Now, punts is a different thing, but let's just start at the 25 on kickoff returns and call it good. But why would anybody, and this is a math question, and I would love to bring this up with somebody like Coach Pav or Andy Reid of the Chiefs and be able to walk through their 
mental thoughts of this, and Coach Pav obviously at the high school level, the touchback rule doesn't count, but why you would risk not getting out to the 25 yeah. or getting a penalty or getting somebody on your team hurt for the once a year, maybe, maybe yeah. that you break yeah. a kickoff return for a touchdown? It's all quantum physics. Now, it's different if you desperately need a touchdown and there's three seconds left and yeah. they're kicking off. And even then, sometimes I would think, let's just take it at the 25 and run an offense. I don't even play. know how many kickoff returns there have been for a touch. There haven't been very many kickoff Not returns. Not a ton this year. No. And I, I just don't understand the math. There, there's got to be a, a number that says this percentage of times, when you bring it out of the end zone, you don't make it back to the 25. Right. And I would think the numbers would tell you oh. to take the touchback every exact, single time. Every time. Every single time. One more rule I wanted to throw out your way, Steve. I saw something about it. I, I didn't read into it fully. But there's been mentions, and, and I've seen it for the last couple of years, of talking about with basketball and now with how many good shooters there are, of the possibility of a four-point line. Have you read anything about that? I haven't Have you seen read anything, anything about, about it. I haven't. I, I think the, at the college game, I think the three-point line's too easy because you see. It's close. Yeah, it's close. Um, but four-point line, I think that's crazy. That's just crazy. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, talk. but don't you think people were saying that? Back in the 60s oh, and I'm, 70s when they were saying, let's throw a three-point line and they're going, no, Pistol Pete's going to take this shot from 15 feet and it's going to count for two, yeah. and that's the way it's always going to be. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely an, a chance that this could happen. Yeah. And I think there's a real reason because I do think it would change the game. It would change so much strategy. Yeah, But imagine this. So let's just throw out the hypothetical that they do add a four-point line and it's like 15 feet further back. Same ring like it would be with an arc, Mm -hmm. but like 15 feet back. So almost out to half court. Don't you think it's fair that a shot from three-quarters court at the buzzer to try and tie the game should be worth more than one with your toes standing on the three-point line? There's like 50 feet further. Maybe there should be a uh, four-point shot from... Beyond half court? Yeah, anything over half court, that could count four. I could see that. Now, do you know the big three league, that Ice Cube three-on-three league? So what they do, and I've seen this idea too, is they have three or four different hot spots Mm -hmm. that are further back than the normal three-point line that they're just circles, and they've got a big four on them. And if you stand in that circle and shoot and make it, it's a four-pointer. Not the same as this same hypothetical we were drawing up with a specific line, but... Do you think there's a chance something like that could happen? I don't know. It, it almost, I think it would be beneficial. Yeah, but it, it kind of, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of a, it kind of cheapens the game to me a little bit maybe. Why is that? Just because it's so lucky to make a shot from that far. But I don't think it's lucky anymore. Because look at the way the NBA has turned with players like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Because then... The NBA could turn things over and say, we're going to keep a guy on our roster that is so good at shooting from half court. But you don't find many good shooters anymore. I think there's a billion good shooters. Uh, I think I think you got about 10. I think if you threw in this four-point line and said, hey, there's if you shoot it from just inside half court, toes are on the line, you're down four, it changes the strategy of games. And obviously, it will be a little harder to win if you don't have a person that can shoot like that. Well, you could have a you could have a line straight across from thirty five feet. Anything behind that could be a four pointer. 
let's just throw in a player like Taylor Robertson. Taylor. Don't you think she could find a spot in the WNBA if they said, hey, your specialty, stand right on that line, and when we need four points, we're going to throw it out to you, and if you can make two out of six, then we're in business. Well, don't they? Steph Curry, she Clay needs, Thompson. She needs to shoot a few four-pointers because they've got UConn coming up. Coming up that, on Wednesday. Is that Wednesday? Okay. Yeah. Are you familiar with Red Panda? No. She's a halftime performer who does it on a unicycle and takes bowls and plates and will flip them up on top of her head. Red Panda, big deal. Okay. She'll be performing at okay. halftime. You want to go down to Norman to watch? Uh, no. See the Red Panda? I don't think so. All right, Steve, we'll take a break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about bullpup basketball and what's coming up for the rest of this week and what they did last Friday night in the win over Winfield. Back after this, you're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon, it's according to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Jim Joyner, Steve Sell, little Christmas tunes getting us in the holiday spirit. There you go. Steve, in your opinion, what's the day where you can start listening to nonstop Christmas music? Because I think it's a big, been a big debate here at the radio station. Yeah, and I know. There are people calling in and saying, why are you not playing more Christmas music? And then music? people say, well, don't play Christmas And then, and then, Last and then year, if we play too much, they go, what are you doing? Yeah, you're playing too much. <laughs> Turn it off. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm for me. It's we're I, a week away. I I think really the, a week the a week before is that's today. Pl- that it's plenty early. I think that's the earliest to play nonstop Christmas music. Yeah, yeah. And I I don't know what our plan is. I haven't even I haven't looked, but uh, or asked, or since I'm not involved in the radio, <laughs> and I'm just a mere blogger basically. So. But uh, I've yeah. never thought of it that way. But I guess you are kind yeah, of a blogger. That's kind of you know I'm. That's what I am, but but a week before is plenty for me. People that think you got to have it on December first, that's crazy. I just think that's that's way too early. All right, Steve, let's turn things back to Friday night where McPherson was playing Winfield in basketball. We haven't really even had a chance to talk about either of those games based off of the busy weekend, but a good night for bullpup basketball, and it was a good way to finish off the first semester at home since both teams had not played quite as well at home in their first two oh. home games with Andover Central and with Derby. But finish things strong. A couple of wins over the Winfield Vikings. The boys, like you mentioned in one of your columns, they will not have very many games this season where it was like last year where they just roll the balls out, pick it up, make a couple of threes, and go home. They're going to have to work hard. Every game. And, and we've seen that through their first five games. They have had to play hard to win the first five. Well, well To and, win two of the first five. And I think... A big reason being Jake Alexander's injured ankle because that has just really rendered him – he's like a one-legged player out there right now. And, uh, you know, I really thought he's a 20 to 25-point-a-game guy, and he just had, he can't push off that ankle right now. Coach, it's his birthday today. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. He he looked good in the picture. I saw, That was probably a Grandpa <laughs> Danny picture. I don't know. But, but anyway, um, Jake's 
we know Jake, this isn't the Jake Alexander we're going to see in January because he's just not, he doesn't have the explosiveness because he just can't put, put, you know, a lot of weight on that ankle right now. He's really showing a lot of courage to me gutting through it though. And, uh, it's, and it's affected his shot. Let's face it. He's, he's a tremendous shooter and he's not shooting a high percentage by his standards, but he will once he gets, you know, he gets back to a hundred percent. The girls game on Friday night, that was a pretty impressive showing. Oh, winning yeah. 77 to 19 over Winfield. And this was, remember, a Winfield team that was undefeated. Yeah. They came in with no losses, three right. wins. Right. And McPherson had all 12 players in the lineup score. And that is not easy to do. It's not hard to get all 12 players in the game, but to have all 12 players score and have four of them in double digits. Well, it's, it's the style they play. You know, they play, they pick up full court. They run people in and out. Teams just get so sped up. And really, I, I honestly believe, other than the Mid-America Classic, I don't see any other games that they could lose, to be honest with you. I really don't. And I know Coach Stradman's going, oh, my God, I can't believe you're saying that. But I'm saying if they play like, you know, they did the other night, it's going to take a good team to beat them. It was a really good week on the girls' side because they were able to come out and play exactly the style that I think we're going to see them play for a lot of this year, going back to the Bueller win 66-35 and then Winfield 77-19. Well, they're starting to make shots, too. And And remember, the schedule lightens up a little bit, too. Mm -hmm. Where you go from playing Andover, who is a very good team in 5A, you go to playing Andover Central, who is struggling, but is still a 5A team that's hovering in the top half, and then you play Derby, the best team in the state, your numbers are going to look a little weird. Right. But now, as we almost get to the semester break, and Dodge City will be coming up on Thursday night, we'll talk about them a little bit more here in just a minute, I want people to take a deep breath. Sometimes when you... (sighs) Yeah, there you go. There you go. When you see some rankings whether it's from the KBCA or if you're, if you're a KU basketball fan and you look at them, number one, and Steve's sitting over here going, oh, my God, how are they the number one team? Just take a break. Rankings don't mean anything. Exactly. They mean and nothing. And especially early on in the high school basketball season, it is really hard for anybody to have any clue with what teams are going to be like. Right. What they're going to be like. What You have no idea what teams are like right now. Mm-hmm. You can't even come close to projecting what certain teams will be like at the end of the year unless you follow them closely, unless you are looking at their box scores, unless you are watching games because the McPherson girls came in at number six or at number five in 5A on the girls' side. Five this week. And I think people that watch basketball – and follow high school girls basketball, they know that this is a McPherson girls team that is a whole lot better than the fifth best team in 5A. Yeah. There might not be four teams in the state better than this team, but you just have to drown out some of this noise. Can we just call it noise? Sure. Haters? Haters. Something like that. You just have to focus on what you are doing. Right. Because especially at the high school level, And you see it at the college level, too, but especially at the high school level. Sometimes people just don't know. You follow teams. How can Steve and I really have a good feel on what Blue Valley Northwest is like? Right. Unless we watch them and have seen them on film. We don't really know. And that's what makes rankings hard sometimes. I voted 
in the Sports in Kansas Super 25 all throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And I had some of the rankings wrong early on in the year because I thought it was going to be Bishop Miege that was the best team in the state. And it turned out that it was really St. Thomas Aquinas or Derby or maybe even Wichita Northwest. And Bishop Miege certainly was a top five team. But you just don't know unless you see it all the time. And I would have thought Aquinas. That was my pick. The tank. Tank. Sophomore. Gained like almost 3,000 yards as a sophomore. Pretty good team. Probably Darren Sproles Jr. Anyway, as we take a look to what's coming up on Thursday, yeah, everybody take a deep breath. Don't be reading those rankings and go, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? The sky is falling. Don't pay attention to that. As we look to Thursday, Dodge City, we will know a little bit more about them tonight too because they play tonight. Dodge City will be going on the road out of state to take on Guyman, Oklahoma. Do you know where Guyman is? Sticks. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. The sticks. Yeah. I'm sure Grandpa Danny knows. He's an Oh, I'm sure guy. I'm sure he's all about it. Yeah. So Dodge City will be playing at Guyman, Oklahoma tonight. I think it's just over the border, maybe. I think it is too, because they play a lot of the teams it's out it's west. Probably, they play a lot probably of Garden in that City. little panhandle area up there. I'm pulling it up. Ooh, Guyman, Oklahoma. Oh yeah, it's out there in the panhandle. It's about even with Hugoton. Okay. If you can picture that. Okay. A little bit further east. Dodge East-ton City's Elkhart. played Hugoton this year. It, Guyman looks like it's about 20 miles from Liberal. Okay. So that's where they'll be going tonight. So far, both Dodge City teams are 2-2. Two and two. And on the boys' side, they are scoring just a ton of points. They scored 100 against Hugoton they the other day. They got a kid named like Sowers. Yes. That really puts a lot of points up. But then they've also had some performances. They played Mays and really got rocked. Yeah. They beat Newton, which... Newton is a, is a good team. They have a really good player, but I don't know quite what Newton is going to be like for the rest of this year. And then they had one other game that I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But they're 2-2. Two and two Junction on, City. Junction City, that was the first one. And they also scored a ton of points in that game. Yeah. So the boys are 2-2, two and two, and they are going to score a lot of points. They might not play a lot of defense, but they're going to score a lot of points. On the girls' side for Dodge City... I still don't have a great feel for what they're going to be like because looking at their schedule and comparative scores, which sometimes can tell you the story but sometimes can't, they've struggled against some teams. They've looked really good in, in their two wins, and then they haven't looked great. What they do in Mays? How bad? They lost. How bad? I mean, it was like 15 points. But my okay. sheets are over there in the other room. Okay. So I don't know exactly what to expect with either of these teams because they've played some good competition like Newton and Mays, but then with. Junction City and with Hugoton, you you can't put together quite the perfect picture. And then when you add this Guyman-Oklahoma game into the mix, we still don't know how to compare those teams yet. So it will be, I know, at least difficult for both teams. Making a long trip out there on Thursday night and without another game earlier this week, too. This is the first time this year that they've had to play a game without playing earlier the week besides the opener. So I think we're excited for our trip to Dodge City. And it's one that you and I are both going to be walking into not knowing exactly what's going to happen. And it's a tough atmosphere to play. We've played out there two or three times. 2016 was the last time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Um, The boys went to double overtime that night. I remember that. So, yeah, because we got home very late that night. And uh, I'm sure you were grumpy. I was grumpy. Snarky. (laughs) And, and, uh, no, it's a tough place to play. It gets very loud. Real nice gym. So, um 
it won't. The boys' game will really be tough. I think that'll be a really tough game. I think the girls will get Dodge City sped up, and that's what they're going to do to everybody. They're going to get them sped up, get them out of their comfort zone. But that boys' game, if the Bullpups control the tempo, they'll win the game. All right, Steve, let's take one more break. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve, have you mailed it in a little bit this week? Or are you thinking about next week? And is this sort of a trap game for you, trap week for trap you? Trap week? It, it really is. In fact, I you're was, thinking about the holidays, I getting was, up to I was Lawrence. talking to somebody today, and I said, you know, normally I, I have a column just like that, you know. And I was trying to come up with my column. I always write my column a day ahead of time. Oh, yeah. Because I always know how busy the mornings are going to be. And I always try to have a column up before noon. I just stared at a blank screen today. So I said, well, maybe something will happen, you know, that uh, I'll come up with something. If not, you and I are going to Inman tonight. Maybe oh, yeah. I might get a call. I'm going to do a story on the Teutons and Bereans. Should be great games down there at, at Inman. And our man, Russ Gearing, he's going to get us all lined up down there and uh, we're not broadcasting, but we're going down. I'm going to cover. I'm going to write the game. You're probably going to get some audio, and you know, we may use that at some point. But uh, yeah, I I think this is best. This is kind of like the trap week because you know next week not going to have to you know get to relax, kind of clear the head. You know, get re get the batteries recharged. If the weather's nice, play some golf. Yeah. You know, I don't know what the, I haven't looked at the long range forecast, but uh, um, now today they missed the forecast today. It was supposed to be. I know it's supposed to be cloudy, but it's supposed to be like 55 today, and it's only like 40 out. Steve, what are your tendencies like as a gift giver? Are you a good gift giver at Christmas time? No. Why not? I don't have that many people that... Um, well, that should mean you're really good. Yeah. If you just have to get a gift for your sister yeah, and no. her dog. Yeah. Shuggy. Shuggy. Get, oh, yeah. get Shuggy a big Sh- old ball Shuggy's of treats. Almost, Shuggy's almost 15. Can you believe that? Well, that's... Yeah. Shuggy. Shuggy. Yeah, 102 in dog years, so... But no, I, I, you know, Christmas has changed. In fact, I'm going to write a column later this week how, and I've talked to you about this, how Christmas just is different the older you get. Yeah, because you give less presents. No, no, it's not because of that. But it's just, it just seems like to me, Christmas has changed from the time I'm a kid. But uh, it, 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 a lot of things have changed. Yeah, because you had to order your Christmas gifts out of the Sears catalog. Oh, yeah. I go to Amazon.com. Couldn't wait for that Sears catalog to get there. You said, Mom, I really want this. You could send your check oh, to I, Sears, I, I, and they'll send it to you. I couldn't wait for I'd get a pair of jeans Ooh. and a sweater every Ooh, year. What about Christmas. fruit? Did you get fruit? Fruit? Yeah. No. My mom always talks about how they got fruit on no. Christmas, like some oranges and... No. No, no. Bananas? No. I don't know what other fruit you would get. No. No fruit. So you're not a gift-giving guy? No, not really. Why not? I, I don't. I used to be in my younger What changed? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Is that the, the crankiness? <laughs> become, the, the, I've become the, a curmudgeon, you're, you're, I guess. You're grinching it? I guess I've become a curmudgeon. 
And I used to send cards. I, I really gotten away from sending cards. <laughs> you just you're you're I a recluse. To, I used to send Christmas cards. I, I don't do that anymore. I'm sorry, Steve. Uh, Maybe this is the year you change it up. You still have time. Oh yeah, got plenty. Let's of take time. a picture of you and put it on got, a postcard and plenty. send it out. Well, I got my Christmas red. Yeah, on you're me. looking good today. Oh, this would be the day to do it. I got a worn. haircut. Oh yeah, got that haircut. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll come up with some gifts for you to send out. All right. All right, we'll wrap up today's show. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Well, I guess this is-